G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. And I have found that those that think the most of the next world do the most for this one. In his current series, World Changes, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to focus on the eternal over the earthly. You see, world changers are heavenly minded. Why? Because they realize ultimately their citizenship is in heaven. And listen, if you walk with God on earth, one day you will walk with Him in heaven. This is the day when the lost are found. constantly on our mind and it affects how we act. That's when certain TV ads are practically irresistible. Well, when we're hungry for the things of God, when heaven is on our minds, that too affects how we act. Without even realizing it, we're reflecting the values of the Father to those around us. Today on A New Beginning, Pastor Greg Laurie helps us to maintain that kind of demeanor. Our goal is to make our witness practically irresistible. that really impresses me in the Olympics is Usain Bolt, okay? I, I love this guy. Usain Bolt, they say that he can run 27 miles per hour. That's faster than a Prius, okay? Come on. I mean, that is fast. So Usain Bolt, I mean, having the last name Bolt, either that kid's gonna be an electrician or the fastest man on the planet, right? But. Uh, And really that is the theme of our text before us, Hebrews chapter 11. Now, one of the unique qualities of Usain Bolt is he runs so fast, but he starts fast, he stays fast, and he finishes fast. He never slows down, and if you've watched him race, he leaves his competitors effectively in the dust. And some run the race of life like that, They're out of the cannon with a bang. They run full speed. They end victoriously. That's great. Others don't run that way. They start fast. They slow down. Sometimes they even stumble and fall and they get up at the end and they make it across the finish line. Some start and never finish at all. So who determines how we're gonna run the race of life? You might be surprised by my answer. We do. No, Greg, you're wrong. God determines it. Well, no, actually, He doesn't. God gives us everything we need. He gives us all the power, all the resources, but it's up to us to take hold of those resources. God doesn't do the running for us. We run the race for His glory. So it's really up to us in how we run the race of life. We decide if we're gonna be a world changer or if the world's gonna change us. You see, world changers, as I pointed out before, are thermostats, not thermometers. A thermometer tells you what the temperature is. A thermostat controls 
the temperature. They set the pace. They, well, they change the world. And Hebrews 11 is a collection of world changers. Now, some very familiar names make the cut, names we would expect to see in a hero's hall of faith like Noah and Abraham and Jacob and Moses and Gideon and David. There's some surprising names that make the list as well like Rahab the harlot, that's Rahab the hooker. How did she get on the list? We'll find out later. And then there's a couple of, well, what I would call somewhat obscure biblical characters that surprisingly make the list. We've already looked at one, Abel. We told you why he's in the hall of faith and we're looking now at Enoch. But if God chose to put them in the hall of faith, if they are world changers, we should certainly pay attention. Now, Enoch had this testimony that he pleased God. Enoch was someone who spoke out for his faith. Jude 1 verses 14 to 15 says this about Enoch. He lived in the seventh generation after Adam and he prophesied about these people. He said, listen, the Lord is coming with thousands of his saints to execute judgment on the world. He'll convict every person of the ungodly things they have done and all the insults that ungodly sinners have spoken against him. So he was a fearless proclaimer of God's truth. So yes, live it. Yes, be an example, but please don't say, I don't believe that I'm called to be an evangelist. I'm just trying to be a good example. Good examples don't bring people to Christ. Good examples open the door to articulate your faith so you can bring people to Christ. Good examples are what we need to be so we will have that opportunity to verbally articulate our faith because 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have in you, but do it with gentleness and respect. That's very important. Because this phrase, give an answer, is from the Greek word apologia. We get our English word apologetic from it. So it's sort of like giving a defense in a court of law. But when you think of that, don't think of yourself as a prosecuting attorney. You're a witness. In other words, you're not there to prosecute or embarrass or to humiliate your listener. You're there to be a witness to them. Notice it says that we're to do this with gentleness and respect. I think for some Christians when they share their faith, they just want to win the argument. The objective is not to win the argument. The objective is to win the soul. The objective is to build a bridge, not burn a bridge. If you want to win some, you must be winsome. In other words, be nice. Do it with kindness as you share your faith. Jesus modeled this. And if anyone could have been, well, a know-it-all, it was Jesus. I mean, who knows more than God? But he was so patient with people. Like the woman at the well who effectively was arguing with him. Or like Zacchaeus who was ostracized by his entire community and Jesus effectively invited himself over to Zacchaeus's house for lunch. And so what we want to do is enter into this kind of communication with people and as Paul said, become all things to all men. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 9, I become a servant of everyone so I can bring them to Christ. When I'm with the Jews, I become one of them so I can bring them to Christ. When I'm with those who are oppressed, I share their oppression so I can bring them to Christ. Listen to this. I try to find common ground with everyone that I might bring them to Christ. 
This is A New Beginning. Thanks for joining us. We're listening to Pastor Greg Laurie from Harvest Christian Fellowship in Riverside, California, about how to magnify our witness for Christ, following the example of the world changer named Enoch. Let's continue. Enoch walked with God. Enoch was well-pleasing to God. Enoch was a witness for God in point number four. And lastly, Enoch went to be with God. Verse five, by faith Enoch was taken away so he did not see death and he was not found because God had taken him. Mm. God took him. That phrase took him could be translated carried over or took across. That means that Enoch did not die. Uh, There's only one other person in the Bible that did not die and that was Elijah who was caught up into a chariot of fire. How this happened we don't know. But we know it happened. Enoch did not die. Normally people die, right? The Bible says it's appointed unto a man once to die and then comes the judgment. But in the case of Enoch, God made an exception and took him straight to heaven. That's pretty amazing. He picked him up off one shore and put him on the other. And the way that Enoch walked with God, it wasn't even an interruption. It's just like, yeah, I'm on earth. Oh, wow, I'm in heaven. That's great, okay. You know, Enoch sort of lived by Colossians 3 before Colossians 3 was written. In Colossians 3, Paul speaking says, set your minds on things above, not on things of the earth. You know, I've heard people say, well, some Christians are so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. That's ridiculous. I think there's far more people who are so earthly minded, they're no heavenly good. It's good to be heavenly minded. That doesn't mean you have your head in the clouds and you're disconnected from reality. What it means is you're Seeking to honor and please the Lord. You're, you're aware of the brevity of life. You want to make your life count. And you look for opportunities to honor the Lord. And I have found that those that think the most of the next world do the most for this one. You see, world changers are heavenly minded. Why? Because they realize ultimately their citizenship is in heaven and they're just passing through this life. And listen, if you walk with God on earth, one day you will walk with Him in heaven. Because Revelation 3, 4 says, the walk with me, the Lord speaking, dressed in white. Enoch is sort of a representative, if you will, of a generation of people who will not die but will be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye to meet the Lord in the air. We sometimes call it the rapture. Now sometimes people say, well, you can't find the word rapture in the Bible. True. But you can't find the word Bible in the Bible either. Nor can you find the word Trinity. (laughs) Now do we believe in the Trinity? Of course. Do we believe in the Bible? Yes. But just because the word is in there doesn't mean the event isn't. Because actually the word rapture is just a Latin translation of the word used in scripture which is harpazo, which is used multiple times. And this is an event that speaks where Christ will catch us up immediately. First Thessalonians says, we'll be caught up in a moment in the twinkling of an eye. The dead in Christ shall rise first and we which are alive and remaining shall meet the Lord in the air. Now here's the question, could we be that generation? Could Christ come back in our lifetime for His church and what we call the rapture or the harpazo? And the answer is absolutely yes. I believe we could be that generation. You see, yeah, but Greg, others have believed that before and they weren't. Yes, so maybe we're the generation. And if we aren't, that doesn't even concern me, quite frankly. Because I know one way or the other I'm getting up to heaven, okay? 
be it rapture or death, I'm gonna get there. And in the interim, I know what my job is. I'm supposed to be walking with God. And I am to be well-pleasing to God and one day I will be with God. I mean, that's a pretty good summation of how a life ought to live. You just put your name in here. You know, Joshua walked with God. He was well-pleasing to God. He went to be with God. Christy walked with God. She was well-pleasing to God. Uh, she went to be with God. Mortimer, uh, there's a Mortimer out there somewhere, you know, walk with God. You know, just, that's your life. It sums it up. What a great way to live your life. But listen, in the spiritual race, Speed is not as important as distance. It's good to run fast, but it's even more importantly to run well and to finish the race you have begun. Coming back, Usain Bolt. Uh, he runs fast from beginning to end. Some are like that, some are not. Another interesting story that came from the Olympics is about two runners, maybe you're aware of it, uh, from New Zealand, Nikki Hamblin and Abby Agostino from the United States. They were four laps. At the end, they collided. Hamblin from New Zealand fell first, causing Abby, who was right behind her from the United States, to also fall. Now, it would have been understanding if Abby from America just kind of got up and went around the New Zealand girl and went to finish the race. But then this is what was amazing. Uh, Abby reached down and helped the other girl up and then they began to run together. Then Abby fell to the ground and the girl from New Zealand helped her get back up again and they made it across. They didn't win the race but they finished the race and afterwards they were interviewed uh, and the girl from New Zealand said, you know, I didn't even know really what had happened but I heard Abby from the United States say, get up, we need to finish this. I love that. And they talked about how that's the real Olympic spirit, right? Well, that's good. And sometimes we need a little help because sometimes we stumble and fall. And instead of kicking a person when they're down, you want to help them get back up again so they too can finish the race, right? <laughs> Galatians 6.1 says, If another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should point your finger at them and laugh and kick them two times and continue your journey. <laughs> You're saying, I've never read that verse before. That's because it's not in the Bible. But that's what some people do. Now here's what the Bible actually says, Galatians 6.1, if another believer is overcome by sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person get back on the right path, but be careful not to fall into the same temptation yourself. The objective is, let's finish this race. So let me ask this in closing. Are you walking with God? Are you well-pleasing to God? Are you a witness for God? See, Enoch did this for 300 years. They lived longer back in those days. And if we'll follow his example, we can do the same. Ecclesiastes 7, 8 says, the end of a thing is better than its beginning. The patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. But maybe you're like that girl from New Zealand. You know, you started off in the Christian life with a bang. You were like Usain Bolt off the blocks. But then you stumbled and fell. And you never got up. You're like the lady in that commercial. I've fallen and I can't get up. Or you can get up. You can still get back in the race and finish it. Now once life ends, that's the end of it. But 
Until that day there's always second chances and third chances. If you'll turn to Jesus. Some of you have never even started out this way. You, you don't know what it is to walk with God. I talk about going to heaven when you die. You don't know if you'll go to heaven when you die. You can know it by believing in Jesus. Because I want you to know something that 2,000 years ago Jesus Christ carried the cross for you. And you know what? He fell down beneath the weight of the cross. Remember? And a guy was plucked out of the crowd named Simon from Cyrene who helped Jesus carry the cross for a bit. And then Christ finished the task. How easily Jesus could have said, you know what, I'm out. Simon just carried on. I'm not, I'm not going through with this. I can't take this anymore, this humiliation, this mockery, this screaming. Who's supporting me? No one's here with me. Where are my disciples? Forget this. He could have done that. But the Bible says, Hebrews, actually the next chapter 12, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and now he has sat down at the right hand of God. You know what kept Jesus going to that cross 2,000 years ago? It was you, and it was me. It was us. He did it because he knew there was no other way we could be brought into a relationship with God. That's how much he loves us. So realizing that you need to respond. If you've never asked Jesus to come into your life and he'll forgive you of all of your sin and if you've stumbled and fallen you need to get back up again. He'll help you do that. Let's all bow our heads. Father, thank you for your word to us today. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for sending Jesus to die on the cross. And Lord Jesus, thank you for coming and going through with that though we don't deserve it. Now I pray for any that are here right now who may not yet know you. Help them to see their need for you. Help them to come to you. Help them to believe in you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Pastor Greg Laurie with an important prayer for those who want to make a change in their relationship with the Lord. And if that's you today, Pastor Greg would like to help you take the next step right now. Listen, if you would like Jesus Christ to come into your life right now, if you would like your sin forgiven, if you would like a new start in life, I'd like to lead you in a prayer where you would ask for God's forgiveness. So I'm going to ask you to just stop what you're doing right now and bow your head and pray this prayer with me if you want to make a commitment, a recommitment to Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, come into my life. I know that I'm a sinner. And I thank you for dying on that cross for my sin and paying the price for it and rising again from the dead. I turn from that sin now, and I make a choice to follow you as my Savior and Lord. Thank you for calling me and forgiving me and receiving me and loving me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. And well done. We'd love to follow up with you by sending something called our New Believers Growth Packet if you've prayed today. It'll help you start living as a Christian. We'll be glad to send it to you free of any charge or obligation. It'll help answer some questions you might have too and help you build a solid foundation for your faith. Just ask for the New Believers Growth Packet when you contact us on one 800 50 11. Well, next time, Pastor Greg helps us to learn from the life of Noah, another of the Bible's great world changes. Hope you can join us same time tomorrow for a new beginning. This is the day.
copy of today's full message, get in touch with Vision Christian Store. It was called The World Changer Who Was Out of This World. Just go to visionstore.org.au or call 1-800-00-5011. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.